Well, we are rejoining our contributor, Scott Schantz. Good morning again to you. Hi, good morning. How are you feeling this morning, Jill? <laughs> I feel pretty good this morning. Okay. You? It, I feel great. <laughs> yeah, I feel great. It's because I've been uh, checking my phone, you know, getting a dopamine rush from uh-huh. getting messages and looking at photos and all of the things. Are you familiar with this term, dopamine? I feel like it's kind of a buzzword lately. Yes, and that that, uh, but I think we equate it with good things, but you're here to tell us that we might need a detox from this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, um, well, yeah, dopamine is this like buzzword that has been sort of floating around and it is a good thing. It's like a good sort of chemical in your brain, at least as I understand it. I'm not a doctor or a neuroscientist or anything, but we're getting too much of it and it's causing some issues. Uh, Anna Lemke, Dr. Anna Lemke, she's an American psychiatrist. She's chief of the Stanford Addiction Medicine Center. And she also wrote a great book called Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. And she's talking about what a dopamine detox is. And I got a chance to speak with her and I started by asking her to just even explain what dopamine is. Make in our brain, it's a neurotransmitter and it's essential for the experience of pleasure, reward, and motivation. When we ingest something or do something that's pleasurable or rewarding, that releases dopamine in a dedicated part of our brain called the reward pathway. The more dopamine that is released in response to a stimulus, and the faster it's released, the more likely that substance is to be uh, pleasurable, rewarding, and potentially addictive. So a dopamine fast is where we um, give up either a substance or a behavior for a period of time as a way to try to reset healthy baseline levels of dopamine firing in acknowledgement of the fact that we're living in an environment where we are exposed to so many highly reinforcing substances and behaviors that we're probably overloading our brains with dopamine. Yeah, we sort of hear that all the time, that things like um, cell phones and social media. So how, how would you detox that? Do, you, do we like give up our phones? Do we just sit in a room? Do we go into nature? What, uh, what does that actually look like? What I suggest is that uh, we begin by reflecting on what is that substance or behavior that we overindulge in that once we start using it, we have trouble stopping and ultimately harm to ourselves or the people that we care about. And that harm can be very subtle, um, like maybe just not getting enough sleep because spending too much time watching Netflix or on our phones, or it can be more significant. So it's, you know, whether your drug of choice is your phone or alcohol or cannabis or sugar or online shopping or online pornography or whatever it is, the recommendation is to choose that one thing be very deliberate um, about planning to give it up for a period of time. I usually recommend four weeks because four weeks is the average amount of time it takes to reset reward pathways. If you just give it up for two weeks, what will happen is you'll just experience the pain of withdrawal without any of the benefits of the fast itself. So I recommend giving it up for four weeks. And then most importantly, be prepared that in the first 10 to 14 days, you will experience withdrawal. And the universal symptoms of withdrawal from any addictive substance or behavior are anxiety, irritability, insomnia, depression, and cravings to use. But if you can just get through those first 10 to 14 days, which admittedly are very difficult, what you will find most likely, as most people do, is that you start to feel a lot better in weeks three and four, less craving, more ability to be psychologically present, less anxious, less depressed, sleeping better, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. Okay. So I guess the most obvious question here is how do we get through those 14 days? 
Well, first of all, I think just simply anticipating that the uh, psychological and or physical pain that we have during those first 10 to 14 days will not last forever. So using our discipline and our willpower to just kind of tolerate feeling uncomfortable. But number two, the other thing that we can do is um, actually do something that's more difficult or more painful than the pain of withdrawal. So that, and that's based on the science of hormesis. Hormesis is a Greek term that means to set in motion. And when we intentionally do things that are painful, we actually trigger our bodies to upregulate dopamine. So that's things like engaging in exercise, engaging in ice-cold water bath immersion, um, intermittent fasting, or really anything that's effortful and uh, makes us intentionally slightly uncomfortable. And essentially what's happening there is we're paying for our dopamine up front, and we actually speed up the process of withdrawal. That's just one of many ways. Um, there are also healthy sources of dopamine, like as you say, walking in nature, uh, making contact with a friend, especially in person, um, you know, caring for a pet, being of service, all of these things. One thing to really watch out for, though, is that we don't just switch one reward for another. So let's say I'm trying to give up sugar. Um, I do, what I don't want to do is then replace that with watching you know, a Netflix show, which is also highly reinforcing. And, and the reason for not just replacing one reward with another is because there's the risk of cross-addiction, where if it really feels as good as the thing I'm giving up, then we're also vulnerable to get addicted to that other thing. It sounds very uh, purposeful and good, but it also sounds quite um, um, difficult, you know, like it's a bit intimidating to, to do it. How, like, how often do you think a regular person would need to do a dopamine detox like this? Again, I would emphasize you would really want to tailor this to the individual and for, for the person who's then able to moderate after the fast, then once a year is probably a good idea. For the person who's struggling to moderate even after the fast, um, then they may want to reconsider doing a longer fast or maybe even giving up that substance or behavior um, permanently. Dr. Anna Lemke, she's the author of Dopamine Nation. And uh, I don't know, I feel like I could use one of these. <laughs> I feel like we all probably could, but man, what a hard thing to do, right? Yeah. And she, I mean, everything she said made sense, but I also found myself going, no, I don't, I don't want to give all of those but things But that's a sign that you have to, right? That's <laughs> the sign. And I then know. think, Jill, when you come back to those things. After a month. Yeah. But then the <laughs> dopamine will be like, nor like giving up Netflix for a month. I don't think that's a big ask. No, no, I guess not. Right? No. Giving up sugar for a month. Sugar these, is a big one. These th but that seems really healthy. Like sure. maybe not right at Christmas, but like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm kind of open to it. I think it's, I think that there are way too many things that I know what I do that I'm like this. I, I just love it too much and it's there all the time and it's too easy. All right. Well, let us know how that goes for you, Scott. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Scott. You got that it. Is